FM Breakfast Show with the double L team, Lyle and Lawson. It's actually the B&L team, Blake and Lawson, and you are listening to The Breakfast Show. We are excited to be here. Lawson, what are you grateful for? Ah, uh, I'm grateful for many things. Uh, I'm just, just living my best life, getting getting assignments done. I mean, oh, I was telling you guys. That uni life. That's right. That's right. I, was, I went for a run last night. And it was just a nice, nice little 7K, but now I've got chafe, which is kind of sad. <laughs> um, you're welcome. I just thought I'd tell all you guys that. Okay. Uh, if you've got any tips, 0491 is the number to call or text. I'm wearing like compression pants and everything. I, I'm, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit disheartened by it. Well, the thing is, not all compression shorts or pants are the same. They're not all made of the same ilk, uh-huh. if you know what I mean. I have no idea what It you depends mean. on where the seam is at, and okay. that can just Okay, well, the up. point is, is that, yeah, no, I went for a good run. <laughs> other, other than that fact, I went for a fantastic, great, awesome, amazing run. I saw so, last night the Sneaky 7. The Sneaky 7. Hey, what are you grateful for this morning? Oh, what am I grateful for this morning? Um, I am grateful for fresh air. So I woke up this morning and just both nostrils just blasted with some beautiful <sighs> oxygen. Wow. And it just made me feel really, really good. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was, like, I was alive. I'm, I'm alive. I'm alive. And yeah. I'm living my best life. And so, yeah, absolutely. I'm thankful for oxygen. I, I'm thankful that God made oxygen. It really yeah. is useful mm-hmm. for my life. That's, I agree. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson, and we're going to get into some quiz questions. Mm -hmm. Hit us, Lawson. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 8, now this is a question that actually comes from the Bible, uh, unlike the weather. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 8 that Jesus Christ was rich. But for our sake became what? Ooh. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. If you do, you'll go in the draw to win. Bibleopoly, our favorite game here at Faith FM that we love to play and spend time enjoying. And, you know, it's one of those games you could you could just get it out anyway. Just, <laughs> just on a park bench. On a park bench. Uh, in a, in uh, a the tree. floor at Kmart. <laughs> Wherever. Now that, that yeah, is a just game. lay down. That's a real game. That is. Just lay down on the floor in Kmart no, because and do a board game. Is, in Kmart, do they have like furniture? Like They do. You like, can set up a whole house. Like they have furniture in Kmart, but I'm like a display with a table. Yeah. And you just set up a game of Bibleopoly in there. Power move. Fantastic. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And again, that question was, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 that Jesus Christ was rich, but for our sake became what? 0491-064-669. All right. Well, Lawson, I hope that you have some good news because I have kind of bad news mm-hmm. that I want to share. All right. But I'm... I don't want to share it yet because we need to just okay. balance the power of good and bad news there. Okay. I have some good news. Okay. I have some good news coming from an amazing place. Okay. The, the land of China. Oh, yeah. good news. Good from news China. coming from China. Okay, there we go. This is actually so I as many listeners know, I'm very interested in renewable energy. There's a part of me that's interested because, you know, obviously there's the idea of saving the environment and whatnot, but even more so, I'm just 
obsessed with the idea of getting energy for nothing. <laughs> like that's what it is. So all the Gen Z kids are out there pretending to care about the environment, but they yeah. just want no electricity that, bills. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Wow, that's 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 exactly right. And in China, uh, for the city of, I believe it's pronounced like Chaozhou. In the city of Chaozhou, it's very close to, uh, it's in the Guangdong province, very close to Guangzhou, which is like the biggest city in China. Um, in Chaozhou, just off of Chaozhou, on a tiny island, they're filling the entire island with wind turbines, and it's super windy in this area. And they reckon that this island of wind turbines could power the entirety of Norway. Wow. Yeah, they're gonna send they're gonna send power all the way to Norway from China. No, they're not. It's, oh, you- it's for China. Oh. <laughs> uh, but Sorry. this like, this wind turbine so island has the ability to power the entirety of wow Norway. Um, and and Norwegians are big people. That's right. They use a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah, <so>. yeah, that's <laughs> right. But it's uh, powering this city in China. Well, just being plugged into the power grid in China in this area of the Guangdong province. Uh, this I, I love stories like this because I'm just like, yes, put those things down. Like, all you have to pay is maintenance costs of the, the turbines themselves and you're getting free energy from the wind. Well, I mean, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure... I, I don't know. I have concerns about wind energy. Mm. Like I've heard, I've heard things. I don't want to be a, a Debbie Downer over mm. here, but like I have heard that you know it's not as it's not all it's cracked up to be. The biggest problem with wind energy is yeah. consistency. Like for example, right. with solar panels, you have the same problem because sometimes it could be cloudy. And you're not getting the same amount of sun uh, no. to harvest. Um, with wind energy, also you have that problem but the island that they're putting this on is like 75 kilometers offshore and it's in an area that constantly has wind wind, particularly during the day so they reckon that for around 49 percent of the year pretty much every single day there will be wind this thing will be spinning because you know they've done the test they've they've seen the historical records of how windy this area is. And so they believe, yeah, like this is the perfect place to put it. You know, most times the strategy for wind farm is like, Oh, is there some empty spot where we can put turbines? Let's, let's chuck them down. It kind of reminds me of, I don't even remember what the movie is, but there's some movie where everything goes forward and backwards and, and I think it's Tenet or something. And oh, yeah, that yeah, scene, yeah. and there's like wind turbines going forward yeah. and backwards in the movie. Like, it's going to be in the water or on the land? Like so that? it's that's in the water. It's going to be apparently there's an island out there that they're chucking them all on. And then they'll probably chuck some in the water as well. I know exactly what you're talking about. That is, I think that is in Sweden. It's somewhere up there. In Scandinavia, yeah. there's like all the wind turbines in the middle of the sea, which again is fantastic, you yeah. know, in terms of planning. Like, again, Sometimes wind turbines, it's just like, hey, where's an empty area that's sometimes windy? Yeah, we'll chuck them there. Whereas finding a specific spot where it's like we get enough consistent wind here to run our turbines, it's really awesome. And so I'm like, that's... But I just love the statistic. It's like this wind turbine farm makes enough power to power the entirety of Norway. That's pretty cool. That's that's, Norway's pretty big. Norway's like a country. Yeah. (laughs) 
Like, it's a country of people in it. Dude, this just in. Norway is yeah, like, it's like a country. It's got people, you know, they, they live in there. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not a little Norsk. I speak a little bit of Norwegian. I oh, love, yeah. really? Yeah, I, I love Norway. We've got Mr. Worldwide in here, Mr. International. It's like, it's a, Norway's a country with a, a population country. of Sydney, essentially. Yeah. But imagine if the entirety of Sydney could be powered with wind turbines. That would be now that now that we're would talking. Be now we're talking. Amazing. Yeah, it's um actually just on Norway here. Mm-hmm. I just want to talk about it real quick. It is a beautiful country. Like we, we yeah, I've been to there. Norway. It's oh, you've been lit. as well too. Yeah, yeah. I, mean. it, uh, I I walked up to this place called Pulpit Rock. Mm. Very scary. Uh-huh. Like six hundred meters. Oh, is it the big cliff? Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. it's in a couple movies as well too. They uh-huh. use it as like a like. A, a scene that's like uh-huh, so cool, uh-huh, but uh-huh. Um, man, it was scary. I didn't know I was scared of heights until the heights scared me. Yeah, until they got you. <laughs> yeah, they got me. Yeah, they didn't get you, get you, but you know, <laughs> well, yeah, because if you get got, then, then you're off the. You got, yeah, 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 you're done. <laughs> uh, hey, in other news, we're actually going to Salt Lake City, Utah, one of my favorite places, <laughs> where my favorite basketball team is, the Utah Jazz. Uh, but. The Salt Lake City, you know, the the council there, they have approved an eight-acre area to build a little village of tiny homes. Now, the plan is is to inhabit these tiny homes, around 430 of them, with at-risk people. So homeless and convicts and all these different things. Uh, It's going to cost $13.8 million dollars. And yeah, they're also going to put uh, a you know training school in to train up vocation and all those different things, uh, you know, uh, and yeah, just a few different other programs. I see something like this, and it's it's kind of a bittersweet feeling. Yeah, for sure. Because my mind goes to like, okay, if I'm here in Newcastle, my mind immediately goes to like Housing Commission in Hamilton South. And it's like, it's, you know, you essentially have an area that's being built by the government to support at-risk people. And then you go to an area like that and it's like, okay, so what's it doing for support? And and it just becomes uh, a place that harbors drug use. Yeah, it's like the Salt Lake City projects. That, that's right. Or, it, yeah, it's like a project, a Section 8, or something like that. And I really hope and I pray when I see a project like this, I'm, I'm always like, yeah, support is fantastic but can we go out of our way to support emotionally as well because chucking a bunch of at-risk people in houses in a tiny village with no strings attached that can very easily turn into just a den of iniquity and drug use and all kinds of things and people can actually be really harmed by that situation so i am hoping and praying i'm you know all power to Utah City Council or the Utah State Council and so like city as well um, for going out of their way to try and support people at risk. But I'm really like really hoping and praying that they put in the appropriate programs so that it doesn't just turn into a shanty town of drug use. Yeah, I I would say too, 13.8 million for 430 houses is actually pretty good. Yeah, because they're tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tiny little, do you have to be a tiny person? Uh, no, I mean guy. like they're like, you know, kind of two bedroom houses. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. So I'm talking about. It's not like, it's not like a model village or something. <laughs> How <laughs> can they fit? They're not ant people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is definitely a story to look out for. And, and I would like to see the story come out in a year's time. It's like the single most successful at-risk casting, you know, program in the world. I would love to see that story. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM positively different.
Welcome back to Faith FM, the breakfast show with Blake and Lawson. Lyle is still on that long service leave. That's right. Still, still fixing that kitchen. Fixing that kitchen up. That better be a good kitchen. Getting the dog, I can't wait to eat that. Uh, no, I can't either. I'm I can't actually... wait to let producer Lyle, show make be... me food. <laughs> wow. You better no, be making cook, that kitchen nice. I'll cook in that kitchen. If it's a good kitchen, I'll, oh, man, I'll, I'll cook up some, some yummy food. But hey, right now we have our next question for the quiz. Complete the quote by Jesus. Okay, this, is, this one's a multiple choice. Here we go. If any man desire to be first, A, he must get to the front of the line. B, the same shall be last of all and a servant of all. C, he must earn his position. Or D, he must obey all that I have said unto you. 0491-064-669 is the number to call. Again, our prize for this week, Bibleopoly, the board game. Let's think of some other creative places where you could play Bibleopoly. I'm thinking on the fold-out table on an airplane, you could you could chuck Bibleopoly that would be down. Tough. It's a big, it's a big it's, board. It's a big board, but, you know, if you just fold three of them down and get, you know, make sure everyone else is holding the other side of it up... I think it would work. Uh, and Maybe if Noah was sitting in the middle seat and then you pulled it out. Sure, and did sure. It, and it's like a, you, can do, you, can do a, you can do a 1v1 game, which is possible because it's a two through to six person game. I'm glad we brought that up. So, so now you can play you, it on a plane. You can play it on a plane. <laughs> and listen, if you win this, invite us to play it on a plane and I will come with you. All right. Uh, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And again, that question was, complete the quote by Jesus. If any man desire to be first, A, he must get to the front of the line. B, the same shall be last of all and a servant of all. C, he must earn his position, or D, he must obey all that I have said unto you. 0491-064-669. Well, Lawson. What's up? You know, it would be fun if we could just play Bibleopoly on a plane and everything would be fun and roses. Uh, uh-huh. some, some weird stuff has been happening in Australia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, a while back in September, you may or may not have remembered, Optus... Had a data breach. My friend, we remember. You remember? Yeah. So basically the private information of many, many customers, right, goes out to these privacy pirates. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what we're, I'm going to call them that, privacy pirates, uh, who are stealing information from mm-hmm. Optus. Now, Medibank, uh, you maybe have heard as well too, they've also had a privacy leak with their users as well, too. Mm-hmm. And we're talking names, date of birth, email, home and postal addresses, phone numbers, Medicare card numbers, passport numbers, driver's license numbers. And what's happening is once this information is out, then when that information is stolen, uh, there's this, uh, there was a story about a woman named Georgia, right? And mm-hmm. Georgia had her identity stolen a few years back. And now what repeatedly happens, she gets signed up for buy now, pay later, mm-hmm. and then she gets stuck with the bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone pretended to be her with all the information, had all the information, went to the bank account or went to the bank and withdrew $7,000 for a financial emergency. And the bank, because of human error, saw that she had all this information and was like, okay, we can see that this is actually you, Georgia, and gives the money away as well, wow. too. So she loses $7,000 because... So the, so the it, privacy did, breach they, is step did, one for a bank breach. Did they essence, restore that for her? I don't know, actually. I don't think That's so. Wild. It is pretty wild, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't want to say one way or the other, but yeah. uh, 
I'll have to look into that a little bit more. But yeah, it was pretty. I mean, regardless of it's restored or not, obviously we would want that. But mm. losing seven grand, like that's pretty heavy. Yeah, and what was so awful about the Optus breach? Are you going to talk about how it actually happened? No, no, tell us. Because this is probably one of the most embarrassing things. Okay. One of the one of the single most embarrassing hacks of all time that has ever happened. Do you know how it happened? No. So this guy, right? Someone. Like, there's a technician at Optus. Someone gets his email and password. You know, they've fished it or whatever they've done. They've been right. able to get his email and password. Okay. It's okay because all of the Optus technician accounts are two-factor authentication. Yeah. So, they try and sign in and then it's popping up on his phone like someone's trying to sign into your account. The Optus technician is annoyed by the 2FA notifications, right? The ones popping up on his phone. What, right. He's annoyed. He's like, oh, why is why does it keep saying someone's trying to log in? I'm not trying to log in. There must be something wrong with this. And he disables two-factor authentication. And then so that they can just get because he's annoyed by it. And that's how it happened. And then that that's how they got in. They got into a wow. uh, uh they got into a dev environment. Um which at the time also another falling you know, malpractice, the dev environment had live data. In it. I talked about this with my friends from uni who are right. all like computer science majors and they were just like laughing, like they were crying laughing about how embarrassing this was for Optus. Like, because it was 100% the result of malpractice. It wasn't like these hackers were like super special hacker men who, you know, had the best technology and were sponsored by the Chinese government. This is just a bunch of randoms who, you know, because that goes down. Yeah, like, it's like, like that, that goes down, you know. No, the windmill company yeah, or the windmill country. That, yeah. That's right. That, 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 you know, that happens. Oh, like hackers being sponsored by governments to, yeah, to that, do cyber attack. True. That yeah. that happens all the time. But it's not like those with these guys. This was just a guy who spammed this Optus technician's phone enough that the Optus technician got annoyed and then got put into a dev environment, which they accidentally left live data in. <sighs> So a dev environment, that's like a development. That's online. right. So you have the ability to change and update and whatnot. And but usually they pull the live data out so that you don't have access to people's names and phone numbers and whatnot, but they left it in. Well, okay, so that reason right there, that shouldn't even be possible, right? That's right. It shouldn't even be possible that one guy can get annoyed, turn his two factor authentication app off, uh-huh. and then people can get into it. So that's that is actually an Optus company policy issue, yeah. not that guy, right? Because even though he's a technician, he shouldn't even have that ability to turn it off. But, to be but this like is that. about oh, maybe we're going to have a disagreement. Okay, like, no, nah, because from my perspective, there there is a need to give some free reign to technicians to be able to make those decisions. Um, but not with our it, privacy. But because, be, because if it's too locked down, then nothing can get done. But I think it's ultimately... It, yeah, I believe Optus is responsible, definitely. But I'm also going to put the blame on that guy too. I, but I would say it was, it's it was that guy's fault. responsibility. But like, if Optus had better policies like, hey, when you're getting spammed... But, Don't but this is the thing. Privacy. They probably do. They probably do. And he just didn't follow it. He just it. didn't follow it. That's malpro- because because it's a legal thing. It's not just an Optus thing. Well, it's that's a legal what I'm, That's thing. exactly what I'm going to talk about now is they're actually changing the laws. There, so there's a new law proposal because of the breach, because of the Medibank breach, because of the Optus <clears throat> breach. <clears throat> um, the new government bill is proposing harsher financial penalties for private, privacy breaches. 
Uh, but privacy advocates, they want to reform to go further to stop unnecessary data collection. So this debate is actually happening right now. The one that you and I are having, you're saying on one end, like, ah, oh, well, you know, this guy's got to have some freedom to do the thing. I'm like, no, no, not with my privacy. I don't want him to have any freedom. I want super <laughs> protection of my identity. No you know? freedom. No. Well, I, I want freedom, so he needs to have more policies to be put in place and yep. laws to, to do that. Now, here's what's going to happen right now under the proposed bill. So right now, the maximum fine that a company can get is $2.2 million. Mm-hmm. That's it. The new bill says $50 million or three times the value of any benefit obtained through the misuse of the information or 30% of a company's domestic turnover in the relevant period, if the court can't quantify that, 30%. That's a third, right? Ooh, now, if you're a company like Optus or MetaBank, and you only have to pay $2.2 million, that's and that's change. what it is right now, that is Trump change. But when we're talking about 30% of your turnover in the period that you lose this information, Optus is going to take those policies a lot more seriously. Yeah. And that's wow. the point. That's what's actually going to happen here. However... Just because you got to, like, the bigger stick doesn't always, is not able to swing all the time. Like, sometimes you actually, just because the law's in place, how's it going to get actually enacted? And the Office of the Australian Information Commissioner, the OAIC, they're actually struggling to figure out how to, you know, get the funding to do this. How are they going to, they can't actually levy these fines directly. Mm. And it's only for serious or repeat customers or Mm. repeat offenders. And the only time that this has actually been put in place is with Facebook one time Mm. in Australia history. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a real debate happening right here between privacy. And I, I just want to say the only, the only place that your information is safe is in Jesus Christ. You know, like I know, I know that we we gotta, we gotta make this like a Christian connection here. Like (laughs) we live in a world that your identity is attacked at all times, Mm. but because we have, because we have the Bible and because we know Christ, our home is not here. Like mm. our personal home address is in heaven. That's where we need to Amen. be going. And so, yes, all these things are dangerous and, and the privacy breach is happening. And we, I, I really think that there needs to be some reform happening here, bigger mm. bigger penalties. But I do want to just encourage people like, this is not going to decrease. This is going to increase mm. as we get closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Yeah. The world is getting more and more intense and we need to put our faith and our trust in Jesus and look to the time that we can be with him no matter what happens here on earth. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And I believe we actually have another question for the quiz. Is that correct? Of course we do. (laughs) Of course course. Of course we do. How many times did the little boy sneeze? We talked about this yesterday. Yeah, I know. To indicate that he was alive again after Elisha laid across him. How many times? 0491-064-669 is the number to call. If you know the answer, you can win Bibleopoly. You can play that on the ground of a Macca's car park. If you want to, yeah, <laughs> uh, you can play you, you it. You could, but not recommend. You can it. <laughs> play it on the floor at the front of Parliament House. Ooh, that would be cool. I wonder if they get mad about that. Actually, I don't yeah, know. if you like brought, a, you brought along like a little, or you can or play it on the train to Parliament House. No, well, that like speaking about Parliament House, they have a bunch of electric scooters 
in Canberra. They're fun. Dude, they're amazing. They're my and, favorite thing. And it was like midnight. Best part and of me and my friends were just zooming around Parliament House and hanging out with the AFP. So I think they're cool with it. Really? Yeah. Well, hey, 0491064669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. And again, that question was, how many times did the little boy sneeze to indicate that he was alive again after Elijah, Elisha, sorry, laid across him? 0491064669. Yeah. And now today we actually have a special guest, Sven Ostring. Uh, and I am excited to say hi to him. Sven, I haven't talked to you in a while, but can you hear us? Certainly can, Blake. It's good to be back with you, um, Blake, and with you, Lawson, as well. Yes. <laughs> awesome, Sven. Uh, now, today, I I was going through a little article on creation.com, and I had no idea about this guy named... It's, is it Lyle or Lyle? Um, Lyle. Uh, so, we've got two Charles here. We've got Charles Darwin and yeah. we've got Charles Lyle as, as well. Uh, not the Lyle Telfer, but the Charles Lyle <laughs> yeah. going back with a friend of Darwin. That's right. Not Lyle in the kitchen. Different one. Different guy. <laughs> <laughs> Different guy. Different guy. And, and um, uh, Blake, the, the thing is what we want to do is we actually want to explore uh, the, uh, the, the society, the culture in which Charles uh, Darwin um, was thinking, in which he grew up, and he did his work. Because often we think, uh, Blake, of, of scientists, and we think of scientists, you know, uh, cool, calm, and collected, dispassionate, objective, you know, sitting in their research labs at the laboratory, looking down the test tube, and, and just doing the calculations and coming up uh, with an answer and a theory um, uh, and, you know, an explanation which is totally objective and is something that, that is, is the gospel truth, if, if I want to use a religious term there. Right. Uh, and the fact is this, is that when we actually explore the, the story of Darwin, we find that he was living in a culture um, which affected the way he thought and worked. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, mm. I, was, I was surprised. The whole deism was like a very big thing that was going on. Like basically there, there was a lot of questioning about the character of God. That's what I see at least, you know? Yeah. Not so much at yeah. that time, not so much the existence of God, but like who is God? And, and we, a lot of people seem to have kind of uh, prescribed or ascribed to the idea that God was there, but just really far off disconnected and not really concerned with our lives. That's what yeah. deism was. Yes, yes. And, and so, so the idea is, to kind of give you a picture, is um, uh, the God kind of wound up the clock or, you know, one of those little cars, you know, kind of wound it up and then just let it go um, and then we're off on our own. So God, God's away, he's kind of busy or he's not really interested um, and uh, we are off on our own doing, doing our own thing. Now, there was two reasons for this. Uh, number one, is that the uh, English society at that time, based on Isaac Newton, had this idea that the universe was this incredible clockwork kind of machine um, that God had set up. So everything in it was was working perfectly, and that the perfection of the universe and the perfection of the world was evidence of God's power and his ability to create. And here, here's the here's the catch: is they thought 
that if God had to step in and kind of tinker with the machine, kind of get in there with the screwdriver or the, you know, the, the spanner, that that would mean that he didn't originally create it perfect. And that was kind of like a contradiction in their mind. So God doesn't in, intervene because the, the machine is already perfect. That was the, the first thing. So leave the machine alone, uh, leave perfection alone. That, that's the way they thought about it. But there's another reason, and there's a religious reason, and that was this, is the Catholic Church wanted to expand into England. They, they were, you know, they, they thought, you know, we're being kind of pushed back. We want to regain territory. So what they were doing is this, is that they um, previously, they'd sent in the, the Pope soldiers, and they, you know, conquered lands and, and forced people into submission. But uh, they realized that that didn't work so well. You know, people weren't so, uh, you know, yeah, happy with that. For some people, for some reason, like, people don't enjoy that. I'm, you know, it no. seems to be a consistent theme through history. Like, we don't really like that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, if you want to ask some people right now, go to talk to the guys in Ukraine. Yeah, I was going to say, and it's find happening out. right now. Yeah. Exactly right now. So the the the, um, the Catholic Church, uh, you know, together with the Jesuits and and the cardinals, they thought, you know, we've got to have a better, more attractive and appealing way. So what they did is that they turned to miracles and healings and uh, um, exorcisms as a miraculous way to indicate, yes, we are the right church. So mm. so they'd say, hey, you know, look at Watch look at Mary. Do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the thing is that the English people, uh, English society did not like that. And so what they did is they said they started to deny that miracles actually occur. They, they start, started to say, hey, you know, um, miracles were back in the time of um, Christ, uh, you know, turning water into wine and walking on water and uh, healing lepers and things like that. But now it doesn't happen anymore. And so this was the, the, the culture in which Darwin was working. His, his thought was this, is that the laws that we see in nature, they continue to operate and, and um, there, God never steps in and he never does anything different. That was the whole sort of um, cultural thought at that time, which is, um, influenced his, the theories in which he uh, developed the, the the evolutionary theory theories that he developed. So um, that that was the the background. Now there's another aspect to um, Blake as well, and that is this: is that he had a a beautiful girl um, named Anne Elizabeth Darwin, and she was, as they say, the apple of his his eye. Uh, okay. She she was just so endearing. You know, she'd come and, and uh, you know, smooth his hair and, and um, you know, fix, fix up his collar and, and uh, she'd make these little cute little craft things. He was, like, was Twitter-pated, completely ex- Twitter-pated. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, she, she'd just run up to him and play, play with him, and he just loved um, Anne, little Anne, Darwin. The problem was that she died when she was 10 years old, uh-huh. and Darwin... Darwin never really got over that in terms of in his thinking, because of course what he is thinking to himself is, I loved her so much. Why didn't God step in and do anything about it? Right. Common question, really. Well, common. Question. Exactly. 
Exactly. And so he started to think about, uh, you know, the whole problem of, of evil and, and suffering. And so not only in his own life did he see, you know, or did he experience incredible pain and, and loss, but he started to look at out in nature and he asked himself, is, is nature really as perfect and, and good as English society thought it was? Right. And the fact is, it's not, right? No, it's true. It's, um, you know, there is a lot of good things, you know, beautiful rainbows, beautiful, you know, butterflies and hummingbirds and beaters and, all, you know, all kinds of, you know, little things. But even as you said that, you know, even as I said that, you know, the beaters eat bees, you know, um, there's a sort of doggy dog kind of world out there. You know, watch, and, I was watching a video just recently, uh, came up on my Instagram feed of a lion's eating a baby zebra. And I was like, well, that's awful. Like that's just kind of, they don't, they don't show that in a lot of their shows. Cause it was just such an awful like concept, like a baby zebra. It's still alive. And these lions are eating it. That doesn't sound like a perfect, you know, set in place. Everything's working just fine in nature, you know? Yes. Yes. And so he saw all of this and it, it gradually in his mind, he came to the, to the, the conclusion, um, that, that God doesn't get involved in nature as well. So, so miracles don't happen. Um, and, and, and effectively, uh, where we came from was through those processes, through the processes of natural selection. You know, mm-hmm. do, the, the stronger dogs eating the, the weaker animals, you know, the lion eating the, the zebra, um, and the bee eaters eating the, the bees, right. um, and, and also through mutations. So distortions, um, of our, you know, genetic information. And, and from that developed the whole theory of, of evolution. You know the the famous book Origins of the Species, mm-hmm. and so that that is the the reality of of Darwin. He he wasn't this scientist just kind of uh, thinking logically, rationally in his lab, uh, doing his work, and out of the you know scientific machine came the evolutionary theory. He was living in a culture which was effectively actively rejecting and um, um, emotionally uh, feeling that God never gets involved in, in our lives. Yeah, like, that, a, that's the, like almost a societal withdrawal of, correct. of any form of spirituality. You know, it, to be honest, this guy kind of reminds me of the current Richard Dawkins and the whole the whole – crew the you know the four horsemen of the evolutionary apocalyptic team you know christopher etchins and those kind of guys like they're not really scientists they're they're apologetics for atheism you know exactly exactly but the fact is this uh blank yeah is that if we go to the bible what we find out is that god is deeply involved in our lives absolutely um god works miracles and the, the most profound one of all is that, you know, there was a dead body in a garden tomb, uh, Friday afternoon, Sabbath, uh, Jewish Sabbath, uh, the Bible Sabbath, and then Sunday morning, that body, uh, came alive again. And that body was the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and 
all of history points to that divine intervention, that divine miracle. And, and the, you know, the, the Bible is, is filled with miraculous account. I mean, you, you've got a quiz going right now, competition, yep. about um, a boy coming back to life. Um, and that's just only a sort of small kind of echo of, of what, Jesus, what happened to Jesus, you know, that Jesus came back to life. Of course. And, and we can, if you study history, if you go back further than Darwin, further than English culture and their clockwork precision and perfection, you can find that God does work miracles and he can work miracles in your life now. Amen. You know, Blake and Lawson and anyone who's, who's listening, God works, works miracles. So my, my point here today is, first of all, God cares about you and he does work miracles in your life. But, but secondly, is the, the, the sober lesson, Blake, mm-hmm. in terms of not allowing our culture to, to shape um, and blind our spiritual journey so that we can be led up paths um, which are simply uh, detrimental, destructive, and, and, and draw us away from the, the, the love of God, which is, is there in, in the Bible and the, the, um, and the worlds around us. Um, and, and my question is this, is, you know, are, are we willing to face the truth or is our culture shaping us um, in a way that we don't, don't want to, you know, we don't want to be that, that type of person. We don't want to go down that track. Um, so, so I'm, I'm inviting anybody who's listening today to, to take a step back and say, what, what's happening in my culture? Um, that, that maybe I'm just kind of going along with the flow. You know what I mean? Just like Darwin kind of, you know, um, went with the flow of, of deism, you know, the, the God doesn't intervene, doesn't work miracles. And yet if he was willing to step back and say, is this really true? Then he may not have ever gone down the track of, of the theory of, of Darwinism and evolution and all those kind of things. And, and we would be in a very different place today if he'd been willing to do that. Wow, Sven, that's excellent stuff. Let's not allow our society to determine our destination right here. You've heard it live on Faith FM with Sven Ostring. We appreciate that. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.